Welcome to episode 15 of the Great Rift Podcast. Uh, I'm David. I'm Jamie. Hello, hello, hello. Um, hey. Hey, hey. So yeah, episode 15, we are here to bring you some hobby goodness. Um, we've done a few of these in the past, where it's just a chance for me and Jamie to let out our weekly inner hobbiness, I guess, and just chat about stuff. Um, so, got a bit of an agenda. I uh, thought we'd start, Jamie, by talking about um, our awesome new stuff that's online and ready for purchase. Yes, yes, yeah. We've uh, it's sort of gained a lot of traction recently. This um, this this has released this new T-shirts that we that we put out. So um, designed by our, our good mate Adam um, uh, at uh, Hello Sky. Yeah, he's, a, he's a good tattoo as well. So check out his stuff and his T-shirts. But yeah, he um, he. We asked to put out, you know, if he wanted to do a design design for us. He's, he's a good friend of ours, so he, um, we said, well, why don't, why don't we start with something that we've that started this podcast? Mm-hmm. And so the Night Lords trilogy, and something in reference to that. So he knocked it out of the park with a with a, with a sick design of, I mean, the it's sort of got three designs almost actually sent us. So one was the sticker design that we've got, which is like a little. I think they're from the Space Quest game. They're like little Chaos, Chaos yeah. Marines. Yeah, they look like the original Chaos Space Marines, yep. Yeah, so like you did um, two of those designs. Uh, one that we did for the stickers and one we did for the pocket print on the T-shirt. And then he also did a big, huge Night Lord winged helmet, skulls, cool rune-type face. And uh, yeah, and that's a back print or, or the front print on the long sleeve. So we've got three T-shirts out. One is the... Uh, a maroon, which I think is quite cool. It's quite a nice colour, a bit different from just black or white. Um, and then we've got a black T-shirt and we've got a black long sleeve, which I say has got the, the front print, got that um, Night Lords on, as a front print. So that's, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, and I love the um, the Night Lords motto on the bottom, the um, Ave Dominus Nox, the uh, yes. We Have Come For You, which is fucking sick. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, it's fucking amazing. I mean, I know we saw it about, what, six weeks ago, maybe a bit more. But um, yeah, it's just it's such a fucking amazing design. It's ridiculous, um, and yeah, like you said, very popular. So if you want to be one of the cool kids, get in there now. Yeah, so I think it's up on pre-order for about. Uh, well, I don't have a payday, so um, yeah. So over the payday, we'll we'll keep it going, and then we'll send it off to the printers once we've got all everyone's orders in. Yeah, yeah. So get in because I mean, we maybe we'll do another run in the future. Who knows? But. That's we're kind of in my head anyway, Jamie. I know we've not talked about it too much. I kind of want a different print each time, just for that coolness factor, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's always nice. I mean, it's always good to reach out to our mates or people we know who are graphic designers or artists, etc., yeah, exactly. and ask them to contribute. So yeah. Yeah, good. exactly. And it's just it's good for the community and giving people chances. And also, if we become mega famous and you've managed to keep yours in really top tip condition. <laughs> you could sell them for half a million pound. So who knows? Yeah. yeah. We'll charge for it to be signed. If you want it signed, then just add a note and we'll have yeah. an extra five run for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, very exciting. Um, we've got. Did we mention stickers as well? Um, they're up there on the site. Yeah, we've got, cool. sti- got stickers, which are always great. Uh, I've got one stuck to the front of my work notebook, which no one has seen yet because I haven't left the house. But, um, <laughs> I look forward to sharing it around at work. Cool. So yeah, that's us. That's our pl- us plugging our our wares. Really exciting. I, I've 
I'm obviously going to get one for myself. Um, it's a bit like when you see pictures of Iron Maiden on stage live wearing an Iron Maiden t-shirt. It's um, it's not always the cool thing to do, but I like the design <laughs> so much I'm going to do it. <laughs> Where you ain't much, yeah. Yeah. They probably pay for that as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, great. So, yeah, uh, moving swiftly on. So, what have you been doing hobby-wise, Jamie? Well, I think there's lots of people... I've been, I post on Instagram all the time on our account, but um, I've been doing Grey Nights, which I'm... Yeah. Yeah, man, which they're, is, they're looking great. It's been fun. It's been a nice change of pace. Paint something that's not red for a change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just silver. So, Just lots of silver. how much have you got done so far? Like, as in... Have, have you, do you... When you build an army and paint it... Do you have an idea of what you're trying to get to? As in, I want to get a gameable army ready, or is it more colour of the week kind of approach? Um, I think when I start off with, I just I get units, all the classic units. I've got paladins. I've got um, obviously you need like the standard infantry, whatever you do. So I got a group of those, and then I bought. I went to Warhammer Worlds, and I bought all the like. The old HQ choice. I mean, they're not old, but they're still they're still valid HQ choices like Drago and Castle and Crow and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're all, obviously they're all in resin; they're not in plastic. So yeah, um, I got those when I went to Warhammer World, which I think Drago's boss. Like he just he's got storm shields. Uh, his save is really good. He's got loads of wounds. His sword just cuts pretty much. I think he can pretty much duel it out with a baden. I don't know if he'd be a baden, but his stamp. Yeah. yeah, he could take him with all the psychic powers and stuff as well, like smite and things like that. Yeah, he could pretty much hold his own against fairly anyone. Probably not Primark, but any anyone else. Yeah, he's he's boss. Amazing. And then also uh, Dead Knight. So that's what I'm painting actually right now. Trying to. Yeah, that bluish hue, man. That bluish hue. It looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a right pain in the ass because actually it's such a static model. Like the way it's posed, come from, and I understand why now because the way you want to get the, like the baby, you know, like the Terminator, or as people affect you, like the baby and the baby carrier of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the way his legs attached to the mech's legs is like he's got like a little um, platform. I guess when he moves his feet up and down, those move up and down. But to get those to fit, like it has to look quite static. So when I cut, you know, cut one of the legs up and bend it all up, so it looks like he's standing on a rock. It's like ah. Terminator's legs don't actually now reach the mech legs, so I got um some guitar guitar string wire and sort of made like a power cable esque sort of setup from his from his feet and then ran those to the legs. So nice. sort of still still makes it sort of valid, like functional, I guess. So now he's not standing yeah. there like he's just about to, he's like clenching his buttocks, stopping himself from yeah. He's actually climbing over. Yeah. yeah, like he stands on the battlefield like dead on, straight on, power stance. (laughs) Yeah, it only really works if you've got like a weapon in both arms that you're firing forwards, like bracing yourselves. But um, otherwise it's a bit weird. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it was was a right pain in the ass to do, but I think it's worth it. So it's come out quite nice. So yeah, just trying to... I've got all the highlights to do now. Lovely. Joy. (laughs) So something I wanted to ask you, which I was saving for this call, I guess for those of you listening, um, go on our... Instagram now, The Great Rift, and look at the pictures Jamie's posted of it. I wanted to talk to you about your basing, because it's the one thing whenever you put in our BWC WhatsApp group, which is probably the most active group I've ever been in. I mean, we've got like, we've had it for like, what, seven years? Six, eight years, maybe? No, about seven. 
I count there's like 11,000 photos in there, <laughs> which is mad. But the one thing that always comes up when you drop your shit in there to show us is people like Dan who ask, how the hell do you do your bases like that? And I think it's like, it's almost like a separate model in itself, in my opinion. You know, I'm quite lazy with mine, but you really do nail yours. It'd be cool to just like sort of talk about that for a bit if you could, like, and just sort of share share your secret knowledge. <laughs> um, well, thank you, first of all. Yeah, um, <laughs> I do enjoy the, that part of the, the hobby. Like, it's been, a, I find it really fun. Like, sometimes I will even just make a base, like, in general, on its own with no figure on it, and then separately I'll go, oh, I'll paint this figure, and I'll, I'll sort of stick it on. Yeah, so, yeah. so I sort of think about it in that way. But um, I don't know, I think it came from, like, the AdMech. Like, when I first did the AdMech, I was like, oh, okay, just start with, like, the uh, textured paint. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool, but... Um, obviously AdMech are in like meant to be in forges and like forges aren't just sand like it's loads of mechanical parts and stuff so I was like oh okay it's quite you know just sort of add a variety and I just slowly built it up in that way so I was like okay well I found some like bolts or screws and stuff on, so I was like adding that to the base and I was like oh I've got loads of wire from work and loads of spare bits of old wire and stuff I was like okay well I can add that in it's like power cables across the floor and then I just started actually I tell you um it was that guy on YouTube, was it Luke APS? Right. Um, I can't remember. I think he's got a slightly different name now, but he he's really into like um, making dioramas and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was doing loads of like night shift work, doing test like test work and stuff. Over, and I was just watching those. And I was just like, oh, I really like just kind of wanted to make dioramas, but also like figures as well. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just sort of mix the two. And then. Um, it takes, I think, to do proper dioramas, like you, it takes a lot of effort, and you need to get a lot, of, lot of stuff. I think you need a lot of like materials. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you can do a lot of. Um, I think the one, the first one that really like pushed the bow out, I guess, was the cool one, uh, the Belisarius cool one, where I like built it up with loads of cork and then used filler to make it. Because sometimes when you do cork and you stack them up, it just looks like. Cork. It, kind of, <laughs> it kind of looks like cork and like yeah. it looks like you've literally just stacked three thin bits on top of each other yeah which looks all right if you're going for like a pavement look but if you're going for like an earth built up you can um i try to use like filler to smooth down some edges so it's not just steps and then yeah i don't know just warhammer um games workshop did a sector imperialis base kit mm-hmm. and at the hero base set they did which was all like quite impressive like they meant to be for hero i think if you i just cut those up so i used the tank turret on the armature on the armature one so the armature's got like one foot on like this old like uh destroyed imperial guard tank i don't know it's just kind of like um story building really isn't it so you're like yeah i was like well i just imagine this armature like walking through this old battlefield and even though it's like a you know an imperial tank it's like it wouldn't care it's like destroyed on the floor it's just it's gonna walk across it so. yeah no i think that's cool man like it's definitely inspired me recently because i've been quite um from my, my hobbying point not lazy with bases i intentionally keep them i've always kept intentionally kept them muted to not so when gaming i've always had that problem i had it as a kid i couldn't understand why everyone was running around on grass when the battlefield was gray um, yeah, yeah so i've always tried to keep them quite low-key um, and I've especially done it with my new Primaris Force, which we'll talk about in a bit. But um, the where I've decided to go the other way and follow your sort of 
method is with the Steel Legion stuff, which I'll talk about in a bit as well. But mm. that, you're totally right. Storytelling is the right word. You know, I've um, I've uh, from my point, I've pestered our friend Elf. So shout out to Elf and the Leeds War Council boys, who are sort of a sister group of ours, who are all fucking rad. Um, yeah. He sent me a shit ton of orc bits that he didn't need anymore, and I've I've sort of hoarded all of those for um, the remaining bits that I need to build. Like I've got um, three missile launchers, which have if you know Imperial Guard, they've got hench bases. They're like sixty mil. So there's a lot of space there to play with, and storytelling is absolutely what I'm trying to do with that force. It's meant to be Armageddon. So I'm going to, yeah. like like you said, I'm going to get filler, and I'm going to build up the sands that's slightly duned, and I'm going to have you know, the burnt-out wreckages of a bit of orc truck on a base with the missile team hiding behind it. And um, I've got some orc skulls that I got off of eBay, so like get those scattered around with some human skulls and really make it look like a city or you know a wasteland that's fought over, not just this sort of random bit of sand <laughs> you know it's, yeah exactly it's the storytelling it's, it's I, think, I want it to feel like each model's a diorama yeah i think i think because i come from perspective I'm, I'm more the modeler rather than the gamer so it's not a case of um trying to churn out models to get to a certain point obviously i like playing the game and stuff and that's that is one objective but it's not the main objective i kind of like want every model to sort of stand out a bit on their own yeah, I totally so, get you. Totally get you. Yeah, I've um, I swing between the both, man. Like we've talked about this before. Um, I I I'm not a hardcore gamer, but I, I I really enjoy playing it. And I you know my Death Guard army. Um, I definitely did that as a challenge, like a speed painting challenge, because I wanted a new army to play with sooner rather than later. But um, been talking to our friend Woody about that army and how much I don't like it and don't ever want to use it because they're rubbish. <laughs> I've won one game with them, and it was only because one model survived uh, on each objective marker, and it was just one of those very basic games of if there's a model alive on it and the opponent's not there, you win the three points. Um, yeah. But they, I just can't make them work. But um, that's a different story entirely. But yeah, with the Steel Legion stuff, I'm definitely trying to take more um, uh, uh, direction from how you have done your Mechanicum stuff and the rest of your stuff in terms of give a bit more love spend a bit more time but really build upon it and make make little dioramas almost it's quite exciting yeah it also hides if you're mod if you're model shit or like you're not happy with your model like just make a really good base and it hides from that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like covering the folds of like hey look at the base don't look at the model look at the base yeah yeah man yeah <laughs> um so what else have you got going on hobby wise have you got any sort of little side projects or um so one of the things good things i like about the grey knights is like they kind of all look the same which some people might not like but I mean, they're all very similar looking in terms of like Terminator armor, like probably ornate Terminator armor. Yeah. So like a chopped up Grandmaster Boldus, and just put a new head on him, new weapon, new things, and then he looks like a different character. And then he can, like this guy can be anything from like uh, like a Terminator sergeant all the way up to like another Grandmaster, just because they've all got the same. Pretty much all got, can all have the same weapons, so they all can have like a glaive, sword, all other functions, and they've all got storm bolters. So and on top of that, it's like like interchangeable. Every, every single one of them is dressed to the nines. Like there's no one that's sort of casually armoured. Like they're all so bedazzled yeah, exactly. in jewels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like um, it's all like their personal heraldry as well. So like all like, the standard troops, they all have different pauldrons of like 
red and white and black and stuff, all mm-hmm. like in different patterns as as knights, as you say. So like, yeah, it's it's good. It, it makes them definitely um, sort of easier to kit bash. So I did that guy. Um, trying to think what else. No, it's just mostly been churning through that. I did that uh, chaplain that we got from the store opening, like the one that's got like skull, skull, yep. skull face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's literally. 15 skulls <laughs> in all like different sizes and various forms but yeah I was like Jesus that's a lot yeah. <laughs> a lot of wishbarty bones to get free yeah man but, yeah, he's, he, he turned out pretty cool I like that that's cool but, yeah, yeah I, lo- I do I like that model I like the drum barrel on his storm bolter big fan of yeah, that yeah that's cool yeah yeah cool cool um, I'm trying to think so yeah I guess I could talk about my hobby for a bit um, yeah what's going on dude so, what am I doing? So, you know, lockdown, boring subject matter that everyone's sick to death of hearing about. Um, but it does come with its um, plus sides, I guess. You know, For some of you that follow us on uh, the BWC Instagram page, our sort of gaming group, um, we kind of all identified that we needed a bit of motivation to sort of really get the hobby juices flowing, um, which is a pretty gross thing to think about when you say it out loud like that. But... <laughs> Um, you know, motivation was lacking for me big time. So we created this game called The Shame Game. And it's kind of accidentally poetic in that it's not just about shaming people into painting stuff. But, you know, we call it The Shame Pile, right? Especially people like James, who their shame pile is basically another wall in their room. Um, but just everything Warhammer sells. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything Warhammer sells, he buys and then he sits on for years. Um, so shame on him. But the objective was really, really simple. It's pick one thing or a unit of things or an army. Pick whatever you want and give yourself a deadline every week of what you're going to do with it. And it's motivated me like a madman. Um, so, for example, um, I started my first shame week with one unit of intercessors, get them finished and based, and I did it. I did it sort of on lunch breaks while I was working because I'm one of those lucky, lucky people that can work from home. Um, so, you know, working 9 to 5.30 every day, our lunch break, but it just means this sort of enforced lockdown uh, in terms of hobby time has been really effective for me. Um, so it's been nine weeks now, and I've gone from having a handful of Primaris models to, um, as we speak, finishing the last two Hellblaster squads of five men and a third lieutenant, and I'm done. I've painted all of my Primaris. It's a hundred power level um, force. Um, it's got three units of intercessors, I've got a bunch of characters, like a librarian, a standard bearer, I've got a Redemptor Dreadnought, which was a pleasure to paint, um, some Inceptors, some Aggressors, just sort of picking a unit a week, or a couple of characters in a unit, and just committing to it. Um, last week was the first time where I ashamed myself and didn't finish, but that is the counterbalance of working from home, is I was actually so busy I couldn't do anything during the week. Um, so I was, and we made you walk naked down the street then. Yes. Bells. Yeah. While my neighbours, yeah, while my neighbours rung bells at me and screamed shame. Um, but I'm not the only one, right? You, you've been doing it. Um, there's about four, or five, or five other people that have been doing it, and it has lit a fire under our asses. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Which has been brilliant. It's it's been really motivational for me. Um, but aside from that, I've not actually been doing only those. You know, I've been dabbling in my second project. And my second project is, um, you know, we've we've talked about the book before, Hell's Reach. Um, yes. I'm, I've mentioned this many times. I'm super passionate about um, 
about the Armageddon campaign, it's a very poignant moment in the hobby for me. It was when I first realised the hobby was bigger than just uh, some some space marines that I was painting in my room alone. Actually, there, it was the first time I did a summer campaign um, with my brother in our local store. And that was when that, that tiny little Armageddon codex landed. And I've just had it in my head for my whole life that I was going to do that army. And I, that's now happening. You know, I'm, I'm quite far into getting stuff done and stuff built. So I've sort of interchanged um, during this lockdown period. I've sort of jumped between, like, almost like leapfrogging, like one week doing some intercessor units or the Redemptor Dreadnought and then going, right, I'm done with power armor for a week. And just boshing out a 10-man squad of Steel Legion, um, which is really exciting. It's been really, really fun to sort of mix that up. But yeah, it's 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 a weird one, man. This lockdown, it's it's just clearing out the backlog, and it has done for all of our friends. It's it's yeah, crazy. Definitely. I'm looking. I've almost, sorry, I think I've on. almost done. So I've almost done almost all the grey knights I've got. Pretty much. I mean, I've got a couple of characters, but um, it shouldn't take so long. Yeah, and I've done all that. I don't have any admex left. I've got one big forge world knight, but <laughs> um, I was actually going to wait to try and get someone to. Sp- Spray paint the base on that because I wanted to do like a candy red nice. coat for that, like yeah, the yeah. Forge World Knights do. So um, that's something I can't do myself because I don't have an airbrush. So yeah, I was gonna. Uh, that's the only thing really left of anything I've got major. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's really just um, in terms of I don't know what the right word is. It was kind of just like a collective. Oh wow, we could do something about this sort of lack of motivation, and yeah. Especially people like James and Scott who have really like cleared through stuff, which is quite a rapid speed. Dan, Dan's just finished an Imperial Fist army that he's been sitting on for years. Yeah, and it's a large, it's good. a fucking huge we'll amount yelling. of it as well. Yeah, <laughs> like we're talking like super heavy tanks for Heresy because he's a sneaky git and he has built an army so vast he can use it in Heresy and in 40k because he's got so yeah. much he can just go. Oh, do you know what? I want to use this super heavy tank for 40k and it looks exactly the same as his Primaris um, which is fair enough it's what you can do so yeah it's um, <laughs> yeah it's been quite motivational um, one of the few positives I guess yeah so I was going to ask David so your um, Primaris stuff is your own chapter which is quite unique because it's not something I've actually ever done most of the time I mean my Admech is Mars Grey Knights are Grey Knights so they're all sort of box art standards I want to know what your inspiration was to to crack on with something uh something yeah. different and yeah yeah if they've got any background or law yeah i want to tell people yeah it has man yeah it's um it's a multifaceted uh sort of accident i guess um so i think to start with it was about i mean do you remember when i lived in crystal palace up in london i mean that was like oh, two, yes, yeah, two, yeah. two years ago i think episode two is recorded there yeah yeah <laughs> it is yeah yeah you came up um about that time i got hold of Dark Imperium and the following Christmas I got hold of the Imperial Fists Primaris release um, when they did a one-off um, like box which came with like a Redemptor Dreadnought, loads of shoulder pads, just sort of stuff oh, yeah. to make them look a bit Imperial Fists and the idea was I was going to do Crimson Fists because loved them, I really like their lore, I really like um, Alexis Pulox from the Heresy books who is yes. the founding chapter master of Crimson Fists. Blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, but they're, they're 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 iconic. They've been around since day dot. Um, and I was going to do a painting challenge, so I always try to paint, um, give myself a new reason to paint something. So 
Death Guard was speed painting. I wanted to get like a 2,000 point army done in the fastest possible time. Um, uh, the, the, the Steel Legion, it's, a, it's a, hot, a hobby of passion. You know, I'm trying to take my time with it and tell a story and blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Crimson Fists were a totally different objective for me. It was try and paint them to look like they belong in White Dwarf. And I don't mean like heavy metal, high core, like hardcore standard. I mean following the there was a white dwarf magazine which had the how the team painted them in it and yeah. it, came, it came it was really good it was a crimson fist special edition uh white dwarf where it had like all of their history it had their rules for the tabletop because they didn't have any at that time um which are now debunked and they're gone like they've, they've been replaced <laughs> but at the time you know it was all just very very yes i can do this their rules are cool they're great and I painted one character and five men, and it took me nine, ten weeks. Um, the motivation just sapped out of me from doing like three layers of highlights, and um, you know, I'm not saying I'm a lazy painter, but there are things that I do skip and skim around. You know, I think um, everyone has their different way of painting, and it, I soon realised that for me, I like gaming, of course, um, but. I like painting to one-off models. You know, I'm really proud of the captain that I did for them. He's like one of the highest quality painted models I've ever done. But he took me like a month, and it, it's for me that's just to get an army of that size. I mean, use you as an example, Jamie, where you you are happy to paint at that that sort of standard consistently. Your Admech army took you two years, three years. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, it took a long time. Yeah, and you know, and that's fine, because that's your hobby, right? And I'd never say that's wrong. That's your hobby, and that's how you really love it. For me, it demotivated me, and it made me put them all in a box and just never look at them again, because I couldn't bring myself to do the rest of them, because it sucked all of the painting joy out of me. Um, so then it's just having that honest conversation with myself. was like, right, okay, if I'm going to do Crimson Fist, am I happy for them to be at a lower standard? And I realised, no. You know, I, If I was going to do them, they had to be at that level. So I think I've come to the realisation that what I've painted is basically a kill team, and that's probably maybe all it will ever be for. If I want more of it, um, I'll have to pay someone, because <laughs> I'm never <laughs> painting to that standard. So it got me thinking about well, what am I going to do with um, you know, 60-odd Space Marines that are yet to be built, and a Redemptor, and characters, and everything, right? Yeah, and I then got really inspired. It was just pure luck. Um, uh, I think his name's Paul Norton, who is yes. one yeah. of the heavy metal painters. Uh, everyone's seen them on Instagram for a while, but he actually sort of started becoming a little bit more of a regular social media user. And then he ended up doing a video on Voxcast, the forty k um, Games Workshop podcast where he mm -hmm. talked about them in quite big detail. So he is a heavy metal painter. He paints the armies and stuff for Games Workshop. But he's got this amazing Iron Ravens force. So they are Raven Guard, uh, successor chapter, but they're silver, and they've got lots of popping colours, and they're painted beautifully. But he talks in great detail about how they are not actually that high standard to do. What he does is it's all about faces and about the, the special details, like shoulders and things that draw your eye in and what really inspired me is they were i think people are calling it quicksilver as a technique of painting the bait it's really basic i can knock out five guys in five days while working which for me is just amazing so it's you know i spray them silver with, with um bolt gun well not bolt gun metal sorry what's it called now um 
Lead Belcher. Lead Belcher. Um, bolt gun metal for all of you long-term yeah. hobbyists. Um, and then it's a wash of uh, 50-50 non-oil, but half gloss, half normal. Yes, um, yeah. So the it, gloss is what makes it. The gloss think, is actually. what makes it. It pops. But it's, yeah. that, it's not so aggressive that it goes watery, shiny, like it would if it was right. on its own. And then it's a case of I then pick out the colours. So I've gone for, for anyone. Uh, there are some pictures on the Instagram page, but there's more on the BWC one. Um, so they have white shoulder pads. Most of them have Imperial Fist logos. Um, and I've stuck with just the black fist logo with on the white because that meant I could use all of the Imperial Fist transfers, um, yes. <laughs> which meant Good that I, it became very, very easy to get stuff done. Um, and because they're third company, I followed the red heraldry for the rims because that's what all third company codex compliant chapters have. Um, and yeah, I've just I've I've been doing nothing but stealing ideas from Games Workshop's videos essentially. So little things like Orthway Grey, right? That is the most um, underrated colour in their range because mm -hmm. actually you never paint white flat. If you use Orthway Grey and then highlight it with white, it creates this popping white. And fuck me, my my Ancient with his white helmet is by far the best thing I've ever painted. And that's all I did. I just painted Orthway Grey, did a line um, shade of Null Oil, just the shade, and then highlighted it with... Uh, white scar and it's one of my favorite things I've ever done and that was just straight out of a um, Duncan video yeah so I use, I use that for my white oh, I don't, it's I don't actually even use white that much most no. of the time it's just use that yeah it's it's, you def it's it's an unbelievably powerful color in the sense that it actually it's quite strong when it goes down if you know what I mean it only takes mm. two coats for it to like sit flat and cover up whatever color was underneath it so yeah um Really, really happy with them. It's, it was really scary to do my own chapter because, you know, um, I, I had friends, like our, our gaming friends, saying, like, all right, put, do a red cloak or do that. And actually, I've, I've tried to pull away from doing too much red because it's when you've got a lot of silver and a lot of white, there's a lot of bright colours. So to sort of bring it all back down to ground, I've actually used a lot of black. So the, the banner mm. the banner bearer carries is black. You know, our friend suggested I did it white, and I just thought that, would just look too much. Black's brought it all back down to ground a little bit. So, you know, big garish silver space marines with gold emblazoned chests, white shoulder pads with red trim, sergeants with red helmets. You know, they're codex compliant. But then this black that's just dotted throughout the army just really ties it all together, weirdly. Um, so yeah, really, yeah, really, really it's happy. It's good. I like it. Yeah, very happy. Um, in terms of background, I have actually given it a lot of thought. It was it, it was the just you know I ummed and ahed for so long, like a couple of weeks actually, about how to go about doing them because I'd already built a lot of them, so a lot of them had the Imperial Fist shoulder pads, and I was even debating ripping them off and not having anything to do with fists at all on any of them. But it just seemed like such a shame to to waste all of those goods. Um, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're called the Sons of Dawn, which is a funny one in that, A, that's kind of the collective term for Imperial Fists anyway. Any any chapter of the of Dawns <laughs> uh, tend to be sort of, you know, like the, the Ultramarines get called the 13th, you know, uh, or, or the Sons of Gilliman, you know. These are the Sons of Dawn. Um, <clears throat> they're a... They're a um, oh, I've forgotten what they call it now. Uh, is it Ultima founding? So the... the, the Yes. Indominus yeah, yeah. Crusade Primaris founding. 
Uh, I'm going for a pure Primaris Force. I'm not even going to hack, you know, fake a captain with um, Jump Pack and Thunder Hammer, which Primaris can't have, and say he's just a normal <laughs> Marine. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to stick pure Codex compliant Primaris. Only going to use Primaris Force uh, 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 stuff. I want them to represent um, a new kind of way of thinking for the. the Sons of, as in literally the Sons of Dawn, but their chapter, Sons of Dawn. So they're a crusading chapter. They don't have a home world. Um, they are they they live the tenants of the of of the of um, the Imperial Fists. They are siege masters. They but their their attitude is more about creating the ground and relying on humanity to do the rest. Um, I I really like this idea of um, you know the the, the Praetorians of Dawn, the the, the Imperial Fists consider terror their home even though they've got a home you know they are they they were the protectors of terror during the heresy they were there with other legions obviously to protect it but then after they were there that was their home they protected it for a very 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 long time i like the idea of these sons of dawn my chapter they're concerned about getting out there and not only being the protectors but actually laying the ground for humanity to succeed so they're not going to go build a car a fortress monastery on every planet that they they help reconquer they make sure it's done they attack from the sky kind of tying in this idea of the black like the black banner representing that they come from space you know they fall like meteorites like angels of death out of out of the orbit smash the enemy clear the ground and then let the humanity do its job you know bring in a civilization bring in administration and let humans like live again so it's quite a positive take on space marines who there's a lot of negative stuff and i just kind of wanted to have this almost knightly feel to them um mm. You know, defenders of the realm, that kind of thing. You know, knights yeah, yeah. would go out and protect people, but they wouldn't necessarily always then build a castle for them and stay there forever. They'd just do their job and leave, and that's what I really want them to feel like, that they're there to help. Um, doesn't mean that they're not dour assholes, because that's kind of Imperial Fist bag, but I definitely want their presence to be about about that. And that sounds very odd, but I can't get passionate about a project unless I care about the background a bit. Um so, yeah. no, that's good. Yeah, definitely. Everything I collect, I I really pick mostly for the fluff and the lore, not necessarily because it's the best thing on the tabletop. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know. What you, I know what you mean. I tend to. I actually find myself collecting now all the stuff that isn't just standard imperial armors, like our armies sort of. Mm. But more on like the inquisitor side. I really like. Really like that side of the story. So I really like something that was really dark. Like actually, they're kind of the bad guys, but um, just that really gritty, gritty feels. So, so the Grey Knights—they've, you know, if you read their background, like they literally will kill an entire planet if it got infected. If like demons appeared in the world, they'd probably kill the demons and then kill the entire population because they don't want any taint to sort of be um, left behind. And if I think from past experience, if they've left a person there who witnessed this later on down the line it can spread again so it, it sounds horrible but there's that sort of big picture thinking it's like well we just gotta <laughs> we've got to kill everyone yeah um, yeah, um and i've just read a book actually by aaron debsey bowden it's called the emperor's gift where it talks about the first war of armageddon and how that sort of came in conflict with the wolves the space wolves so that, that's a really good story if anyone hasn't read that one that's that's pretty good that's got um some cool characters in that for sure yeah, is that when um, Angron, Angron does the first attack of Armageddon, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's like a whole long build-up of them like seeding in um, 
like corn worshipping and stuff on the whole of Armageddon. It just slowly built up. It was like meant to be his first big uh, tack into like the real space. So that's how mm-hmm. his first venture right from the heresy. That's how he came back in wow. in, in there before the wolves first stopped were holding him at bay, and then the Grey Knights. They, I won't give anything away, but the Grey Knights sort of banish him back back to the warp. So, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's their bag. They know how to do that. Yeah, it's mad. <laughs> I imagine a loss of significant life. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's me. That's my ramble and my riff on my Sons of Dawn. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm two five-man squads and a lieutenant away from finishing everything I have. Um, and then I think I'm going to focus a bit on my next project, which I'm going to talk Wait, about. Wait, you say... Pardon? Now Games Workshop's open again. Yes, Now Games well. Workshop's open again, you're going to be... <laughs> get some more. Yeah, well, that leads me on quite neatly, actually, to my next point, which is about my other side project. So I mentioned earlier that I've been leapfrogging a little bit to sort of help my motivation stay up, which I believe is a top tip, actually. If you find yourself getting against the grind of doing something, do something else. <laughs> I used to be quite committed to just being like, no, focus and get this one army done. And actually, it's quite detrimental mentally for me. I find it easier to go, no, put that army down for a week. Yeah, definitely. Go do another unit of something completely different, and it really does tune you back up. Um, yeah, so my next, so I talked about earlier, my um, this is something I want to, I'm quite passionate about, um, you know, Armageddon. I've talked about it a million times on here, but I'm not the only one in our group that really, really is passionate about it. So, <clears throat> one of our good friends, one of my oldest friends, Dan, um, Dan Crothers, who listens, I think, sometimes, um, he is part of our gaming group. He's like, he's better, he better fucking listen, or I will get him. Um, he's he's really passionate about Armageddon as well because for him it's the other way around it was the orcs there's a couple of orc armies that he's just he's had cemented in his head for so long and they're an army he's never done um, and I remember it was Adrian Wood's orc army it was Big Tooth River and it was when they released the um, the Praetorian Guard I think they were called the Imperial Guard Regiment that looked like Zulu British soldiers mm. the red, yeah, you know, red yeah. coats with the white hats um, Adrian Wood's army was Dan has said that that's the one army in his head that he has wanted to do so as long as he can remember so we got talking and Dan is we're really lucky actually as a gaming group Dan has a humongous gaming space at his house and he's been building um, loads and loads of scenery for, for the last year um, so me and him have committed to doing um, we're not sure how we're going to document it or do it we might film games we're not really sure but we've created this this sort of um I guess, playground, which we're calling um, uh, Historical 40K. And what we mean by that is that we're, you know how people that get into war games like Napoleonic or uh, World War II games like Bolt Action, um, they pick a theatre of war and they stick rigidly into that theatre and they tell the stories of that theatre. So, you know, I don't know, Operation Market Garden for World War II or maybe it's like the Battle of... Uh, Suez Canal or something, you know, they'll they'll get really stuck into one bit. That's what we're doing. So I like the idea of it being this like overarching idea, this 40k historical. And within that, we've picked Armageddon because I'm desperate to just smash out some Steel Legion, but not from a competitive point. I'm not a competitive gamer. I'm really obsessed about making it look like the stuff that I remember in my head as a kid, you know this like 10 man squads of imperial guard jumping out of chimeras and 
hosing down orcs only to get run over by motorbikes 10 seconds later and, yeah. you know I've got I've got a sentinel a single sentinel with a las cannon it's probably shit but it was around at the time you know when that when that force came out only the the, the steel legion with the la, uh, sentinel with the las cannon was the only way you could buy it with a las cannon it was mm, a plastic yeah, model with a metal las cannon on it it was ridiculous so it's all these like little remember berries you know that are just I'm desperate to do um so I've got Yarrick, I'm going to stick him on a 30mm base built up with orc bits and you know skulls on it. And um, I've even gone as far, so going back to the Games Workshop web store reopening, um, I was lucky enough to get hold of some Chimeras from Dark Sphere, who are my preferred, this isn't a plug, they're just my preferred third party um, vendor. But if they want to plug us, then please do. If they do, I, yeah. I want free stuff. Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> I was lucky, yeah. You know, I was lucky enough to live quite close to it when I lived in London, um, and so I visited it a lot. Worked near it as well, so it was really convenient, and they're great. But they managed; they still had some chimeras, so I've had those getting those built at the moment. Um, but yeah, Games Workshop reopening has allowed me to tap into just another little treat for myself um, for the Armageddon Force. Getting some, got some Lehman Russes, obviously. But I've actually treated myself to some uh, normal Space Marines and the Black Templars. Bits sprue, which was twenty pounds, which blew my fucking mind because you know. Well, the old school one. It's got all the bits on it, like chest pieces and all of that jazz, and it all still marries up with the current new range of Space Marines. But the reason that it's important to mention is forty k historical is there were no Primaris at the Battle of Hell's Reach, or you know. Damn right. Yeah. No. So it's going to be very, very true to that. Um, I'm going to really stick rigidly to the idea of having. It look and feel. So it's, it's going to probably be shit on the tabletop. You know, it's going to be very uncohesive. But it's going to look fucking cool. And we're going to have some really cool games. So I've got this idea. I've got five Terminators that Dan's given me. Because he, he said he's never going to paint them. They've all got Storm Shields and Thunder Hammers. He made them. He just gave them to me and was like, Hey, paint these as Black Templars. They'd look sick. So I'm going to have this, like, Steel Legion army. With this kind of ragtag Black Templar... I don't know, patrol attachment or something. You know, I don't know what it's going to look like. I've got an Empress Champion, so fuck it. Chuck him in there. Um, but it's going to look and feel as much like they're there. And it's actually, you know, all the games we're going to do are going to be very objective storytelling based. So like, I don't know, a convoy of civilians trapped and the Black, Tem yeah. the Black Templars appearing to help from the other end of the board. But there's only like, you know, 400 points worth of them or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, we're, we're really caught up in it now. And so Dan's doing his Orc Army um, to sort of match. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, and everyone else is welcome to join um, in terms of our gaming group. Or if some strangers out there that this, is, this inspires, then tell us, you know. Or, you know, what other f historical 40k could you do? There's so much out there that is, I think is really exciting. And it's all about the narrative for me. I keep banging on about it, but all I care about is can I tell an awesome story after a game? I really want like just amazing storytelling to happen around my games. I don't care if a tank can roll 400 dice in a turn when it fires its gun. All I care about is did that sergeant lop off that orc knob's head? Do you know what I mean? It's That's what gets <laughs> me fired up. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think one of my, some of my favourite battle reps are ones where it's not you have to defeat the enemy, it's where like you have to just defend like as this convoy gets from one side the board to the other and it doesn't you know just 
it's got it doesn't matter what's left at the end as long as you can stop that convoy getting attacked and then you win that's that's, that's sort of really cool gaming yeah exactly done. man exactly i mean we could make some you know i've had these ideas of making like or getting hold of stuff that looks like it belongs in the 40k universe but like trucks or something and say that they're full of civilians for everyone you get across the board you get a I don't know a victory point or whatever, but the orcs, yeah. the orcs can always come, bring a unit back every turn. Uh, something like that, yeah, you know. Exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, there's so much you can do and and make it feel like you're part of Armageddon campaign. Um, but some of our friends have hooked on it as well. It's like uh, our other friend Dan Pryor. Shout out to him. He's suddenly hooked on the idea of doing like maybe the um, orc hunters or a Catachan force that because. Worth remembering, if you go back to the Codex Armageddon from 2000 and look at the represented regiments um, from the Guard, Space Marines, there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot of representation mm. there. Because the Theatre of War wasn't just the desert through the middle, which is most known for. There's a massive polar ice cap on the top and there's a massive, massive jungle that splits the desert, which is where a lot of the Catachan obviously made their bed and did what they needed to do but then there's also the, the the fire waste at the bottom so there's like huge amounts of scope there to sort of mess around and do what you want to do um, I mean think it's like about... they sort of designed the planet so they could sell lots of models Dave, I know, I right. know. <laughs> however did they do it um, <laughs> but yeah so super passionate about that like obviously I'm loving doing the Primaris at the moment because they, they're you know going out a mile a minute but yeah just finally doing something I've wanted to do since I was about 10 maybe a bit older I was 13 since I was 13 yeah. it's pretty exciting well obviously my Admech Admech go or with any Imperial Army there's always an Admech side so obviously I've got my Skatari can go go on that force and I've offered yeah I've offered to do any couple of characters I'd quite like to do Snick Rock Snick Rock's from like the the cunning sneaky git that he is I think he's pretty much from Armageddon so he's like hunts in the jungles jungles there um if anyone wants a Grimaldus painted or something like that, that could be quite fun to do. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the other thing I wanted to highlight is one of the other things that I ordered from Dark Sphere as a sort of extra treat was I bought the War Trike, the Orc War Trike, mm, and I'm going to get hold cool. of a load of bikes, and I'm just going to paint up, like... Because me and Dan have, re have, 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 have given ourselves a timeline. It's basically towards the end of uh, the start of next year before we play a game, because obviously you know what's going to happen. We're going to get through this hobby... I and mean, when lockdown eventually ends, no one's going to do any hobby for months because <laughs> we're going to be able to go outside. So we've realised let's sort of save the hobby for the start of the next year, like get our armies painted by then. So I'm going to, I reckon I can do my uh, Steel Legion stuff quite quick. I've not actually got that much left that I want to do. The rest of it's tanks and they take no time at all to paint. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to pull together like 500 points worth of orcs that Dan can or cannot use, but it's just going to be Red, uh, what they called evil sons, the ones with red, red ones go faster. So, got that war trike. <laughs> yeah, well, that war cool. trike slipped me by, man. That is a wonderful model. It's a cool thing. Yeah, it's really. I like cool. the guy with the bandana. Like he's got a paint like a little skull grin on it. Like yeah, a man. Chopper. Yeah, it's really cool. So awesome. Sons of Anarchy. I guess that it's got to be um, like you got must be a ver do a version of the Sons of Anarchy, like an orc version of it. I yeah, don't know what they would call. Yeah, because he's got a popped collar, oh, leather jacket. Yeah, yeah. Wire of anarchy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and I've rambled. Very passionate about everything that's going on at the moment. So, I guess if that's it for a hobby, we were gonna spend 
couple of minutes, five, ten minutes, chatting about what's going on in the world of hobby. Um, what have you seen that's knocking about? I mean, should we start with the big one, which is the, the Warhammer 40k preview in four days' time at time of recording? Um, yeah, so I guess this was from the, is this from the cancelled, wasn't it a cancelled event? Is this Warhammer Day? Or I don't. Is there an event at this point? I I'm not remember. sure because they've done a few of these special announcements or whatever it might be. They've done a few during lockdown, haven't they? During this, the coronavirus yeah, outbreak. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah. this one seems different because, as I mentioned to you in our group chat earlier, they keep using the word big and they've capitalised the word big. Um, and I can't work out the relevance of that. Because we know that there's Necron stuff coming, but what does big have to do with Necrons? <laughs> so mm. I don't know if it's me just reading, trying to, really hard to read into things, but I can't really put two and two together. I mean, they've, they hint, they've obviously shown Fabius Biles. I don't know whether there's something going on there with Primaris, big, being a big chaos dudes, maybe more Empress, big Empress children or something. I don't know. Mm. Um, I mean, there's been rumours of like a new edition, but... I can't see that happening while they're still releasing Psychic Awakening and books. So I don't, I don't think that's what it's going to be. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, maybe a big lieutenant, big, a really big, big lieutenant, big lieutenant, like dread knight size lieutenant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, possible, it's possible. Um, so yeah, I guess. What's the next um, Psychic Awakening book that's coming? I think it's Engine Kill, so it's um, Knights and Admech. So the Admech stuff, personally, looks pretty cool. It's got like the um, the guys riding like the dogs and and horses, like mech dog horses things. Like, oh, like yeah. cowboys, like the guys with like double pistols, looks so cool. Yeah, yeah, like those and like the weird flyers and the gyrocopter thing. I, 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 really I, I, them, I like, didn't realise they hadn't. Like, cool. I didn't realise they hadn't come out. Like I feel like no. I saw them so long ago. I thought they'd just been out and no one was buying them. <laughs> Like, I didn't realise well, that that I was all still to come. Crazy. It's going to be every month, right? The books are going to be one a month. So I think it's going to be the last month. But obviously they shut down, so they yeah. just don't know when they're going to release them yet. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, cool. So yeah, I mean, I've actually only just recently bought my first um, Psychic Awakening book. I got um, Faith and Fury uh, from Dark Sphere during, uh, early on in, in the lockdown. Um Mostly because I knew I wanted to do Black Templars, and because I already had the Spaceman Codex, I never actually noticed because I didn't care that the Black Templars weren't in it. Mm. So I was like online, like, have they just deleted? Have they just given up on Black Templars? Where are they? And I was like, no, 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 all their rules are in Psychic Awakening. They're pretty good. They're pretty tough. Um, so yeah, but to tell you what, bang for your buck, they're really good books, man. Like if you just want to get one to nosy through it, or when this is all over, just borrow mine. You get chunks of lore in it. Gaming aside, there's just mountains of stuff in it, which is cool. yeah, definitely. They're really cool to just you know you just want to sit down and read a 40k thing. It's one of those books you can pick it up and just read about a war that happened. It's very cool. Yeah, I've got the ritual and the dam. So that's Dark Angels, Grey Knights, and Thousand Suns. So that's nice. pretty cool about yeah, Dark Angels and Grey Knights having to team up against Magnus. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. They're cool books. Definitely worth it. Although it's another book you have to take. But actually, you don't need to take a rule book because the rules, are, the general rules are so simple. Like, um, 
yeah, it's, it's not too bad, but... Yeah, it's, it's interesting yeah. you bring that up. That's, that's probably a nice little topic to just chat about quickly. So our friend Dan has started buying his on uh, using an iPad, you know, so he's gone digitally, which I guess makes it much easier. But mm. I've... When I, when I was a teenager, I used to... I can't remember what armies I used, but my I used to live... For about six months, I lived in a flat above a... A news agents when we were in between houses my parents buying a house and I remember going through this phase of I didn't want to lug all my books around because that was the you know the rule book was fucking huge so I went downstairs to the yeah. news agents and the guy let me use the photocopier for free I just photographed or uh, uh, photocopied sorry all of the relevant pages so that instead of carrying around like three books that were all hardback A4 I just had this one thin relevant page book and it was really, really useful. And I've been thinking about maybe doing it again. Because if I play... If I do... You know, if any six months' time we play a game of Armageddon Historical 40k, I've got, I'm have got i going to have to have the 40k codex, Imperial Guard codex, Spaceman codex, and Faith and Fury. So that's carrying a library's worth of books just to play a game. Um, I saw a game of... of um, Tabletop Tactics the other day, Bone was using four books to run, uh, I think it was Bone, to run a Imperial Guard army. Yeah, it's... Um, Which is it's mad. Just, it's kind of just 7th edition again, but uh, it, ha- it's, it happens. If you print stuff, it's just, it's just always going to happen as, as the game, as the edition develops, but I like books, I like buying books, so it's not too much of an issue. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It does bother me They're because pretty. I always have to travel quite far to game. And yeah, no, yeah. And I can't I think, drive. Can you? Um, can you? If you bought the codex, can you like scan it so you get the digital copy free? If not, they should definitely do that because that. No, because um, they've they've monetized the digital copies, so they sell them. They're like ten quid cheaper or something. I think. Basically, that I didn't realize there's a there's a digital website, so they've like sub branded their store. So it's just like you know, Games Workshop digital, and you go on it, and it's just full of all the digital stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's great, and they're interactive, and which is good. You know, they're not just a scanned PDF; they're actually different. But fuck me, just give me a digital PDF version, like, and I'll, I just you know, I'd happily buy the book as long as I just don't have to carry around all the time. You know, when I playing when I was playing Heresy, you know, I needed four books for that. Uh, and that's still using seventh edition rules as well. It's um, it's pretty long long term back injuries incurring from that. <laughs> uh, at least if you get shot at, you've got something to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or fend off the uh, the jocks that attack the nerds that we are. So yeah, man. Yeah. Get back! I've got loads <laughs> of books. <laughs> um. So yeah, just a bit more hobbies. Is there anything else going on that's out there at the moment that's caught your attention that Games Workshop's doing? Um, other than these really cool... Um, I think what's really annoying me okay. is that they they close their website at like a night. So when I'm trying to look at a painting reference on their website, I can't. I, like, I get that you can't buy stuff. Just don't let me buy it. Still let me go and have a window shop. But yeah, that's weird. Stop doing that, Games Workshop. Um, yeah, that is annoying. I didn't yeah. realise they turned it off. That's a bit weird. Um, so yeah, I guess... There's not an awful... I mean, there's there's cool stuff going on with the hobby, but we're not really a... <clears throat> not really a model... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Rumours engine, are we? That's not really our bag. 
But I do think obviously no, something, no. obviously something massive is happening on Saturday, but I have no idea what. I have no idea what. Um, what I do want to say though, is shout out to Games Workshop in general, the community team, for how great they've been during lockdown. <coughs> they've done. They've they've really been on it in terms of not only engaging us as customers and people that give a shit about their business, like and what they're up to, you know telling us well in advance when they were going to open and how they were going to make sure they were safe. But actually just the little things, like they've obviously started really hammering out content to keep people busy because everyone's bored. Um, but I love the way that they're like getting people to send in pictures of their armies and then doing like posts about your armies. They're getting staff members to show off their armies as well. You know, I'm pretty sure Wade, who presents yeah, Boxcast, he's got a, um, a really cool post about his... Uh, what are they called? I forgot the name already. Uh, flesh terrors. His primaris flesh terrors. Flesh terrors, yeah. And they look fucking sick. Honestly, I know that it's lockdown virus time, but keep that shit going. That is amazing content. That's exactly what I want to be seeing all the time. That's the stuff that gets me excited. So yeah, well done, yeah, well, community team. They're doing a really good job. Um, so I'm trying to think of anything else. I guess we're nearing the end, Jamie of our hobby episode i hope people have been enjoying i know that that is slightly different to listening to us talk about a book but that leads me on to my next point we've we're i've nearly finished listening to what we're going to be reviewing next i know we let the cat out of the bag last episode ish i believe or maybe we dropped it on instagram but what are we reviewing in yeah, next dropped episode on instagram yeah and you guys went mental for it yeah so what are we doing Jamie, I'll wrapped you, it up. You, you 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 share what we're doing, doing we're doing um, Horace Heresy Betrayer by Aaron Dempsey Bowden, which I think we just have an Aaron Dempsey Bowden fetish. It's just sort of every book he writes we like to talk about, but it's just such a great book. And yeah, yeah. Apparently yeah. on Instagram, you all you all agree. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's our, one of our most liked posts. Is just the preview of what book we're doing. Yeah, it's bunk, isn't it? Like, I know, I know, I um bang on about being a bit of an ADB fanboy, but. It's a bit of a jewel in the crown, this book. Um, I know you've not read it before. You're actually reading it for the first time now, right? Yeah, about halfway through at the minute. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really good. I just say that I think one's, not, we're not going to talk about it now, but I think one of the things that makes it stand out is it's a lot of action, but it's not just bolt porn. It's like really good um, character based action, which it, I think is. It's very. Uh, um, which makes it very acceptable to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's the trick again. We're not going to talk about it now because. That's we're gonna have a whole episode about that, but I'm listening. I'm I've got three hours left um, on the audiobook, um, and I've read it fuck like three times maybe, and I've definitely listened to the audiobook already before. Um, I've got to say it's definitely up there as one of my absolute favourites. And I know I get very passionate and say I love things, but this really is up there um, as one of my favourite Black Library books and favourite ADB books. Um, but I completely agree is everything feels like it has relevance and consequence it's not just oh and then some marines fought each other like everyone's losing that everyone's having to give something up to gain something else throughout the story which is awesome that's a really good way to make you care about characters which really you shouldn't give a shit about Khan because he is not nice but he is nice he's nice in this book <laughs> warm and cuddly yeah, for a bit. Yeah. Um, cool. So I think that's it, Jamie. So yeah, uh, we're doing Betrayer next. 
Um, I think probably a couple of weeks until we drop that episode because you've still got to finish reading it. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. Uh, this format probably will stick, right, Jay? Where we'll do book, then the hobby episode. So I think it works well for us. It gives us time to read and, you know, de-stress from you the stressful like experience uh-huh. of yeah. recording. <laughs> Um, yeah, let us, let us know feedback. Like, is it, are you enjoying the hobby episodes? Uh, is it something we should or shouldn't be doing? Um, uh, and do you know what? I'd like to hear some more recommendations from people for books. Um, I know people tail off towards the end of episodes, but if anyone has any ideas of what they'd like us to review or any burning books that need to be reviewed or you'll stop listening to us, let us know. I'd, I'd be really keen to, to find out because otherwise I'm just going to keep doing ADB books. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'll just uh, read the next Horace Heresy book because I just want to read the Horace Heresy and get through them. So I'll just be like, well, let's read the next one. Let's read the next one. So yeah, definitely <laughs> if any got any other book suggestions, then definitely up for changing it up a bit. Yeah, definitely. Please let us know. Um, and you can get us on all the socials, which um, I'll put in the show notes. Um, and yeah, I think... We're on Spotify now as well. Oh yes, that's worth shouting out. We are on Spotify. Um, thank you for setting that up. One last thing I want to call out some... Um, audience and just sort of get their ideas maybe jay um we've been dabbling with the idea of doing youtube i don't want to keep that a secret we were debating just getting old episodes up however it's proven to be quite complex and not very satisfying to do so i want to know what people want to see on youtube what is it you want out of us that you'd engage in um and that you'd be willing to watch and and contribute to and laugh at or shout at us when we get things wrong if you've got any ideas again just let us know like do you want to watch me and jamie paint shit on skype or do you want to watch us i don't know when lockdown's over play play games and and talk while we're doing it you know, we're keen to try some new stuff in the future but we i like the fact that we feel like a bit of a family as a podcast we've got a lot of people that we care about that listen to it and obviously we care about all of you so if you've got ideas i'm up for hearing them i don't know about you jamie what's, what's your thoughts yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we've got, um, I mean, we've got quite a nice group. I think we've definitely got some listeners that have been from the start. We've obviously got some new listeners as well, which are joining in. But as I say, yeah, it's a good, good term for it. It's like a family, and we just want to know what you guys like like watching. Obviously, do you like to watch us play games? Do you want to watch us record? Um, do you want to just watch us sit and paint as we babble about stuff? And, or do you want to watch us yeah, get hammered? Get me get in trouble with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah. drunk histories, but drunk drunk book reviews. Drunk forty K <laughs> histories, that's what the people want. Yeah. Cool. Alright. Yeah, yeah. I think um with that we will sign off for the evening. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Dave. I'm Jamie. Cheers guys. Peace. Peace.